you're trying to build a culture and you deem these guys as cultural changers or cultural uh, um, st- stability guys that can help further permeate your culture to the rest of the players. And you've made bad choices. And I, I can say this too. This is the choices you make when you try to do everything. I don't think the game's over. Welcome to Triple Zeros, the anti-hot take sports show. I'm your host, Josh Buckhalter. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Josh G. Buck. Hit up the Facebook page, Clocker Sports website, clockersports.com. The email, email address is clockersports at gmail.com. And of course, you can follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at three zeros pod. That's the number three zeros and pod. We're back, man. I told you we are going to keep up with this uh, exciting series. Exciting for me. You know, I think it's exciting for you too. The numbers have shown that. So, um, we are, are continuing talking about, uh, continue our conversations with interesting people. In the sports media business, like I said, there's no fun if you can't share it with other people who have gone through the journey, have experienced it, and have uh, honestly reached a, a really, really high heights. And and that is exactly who my next guest today is, and that's Kenneth Davis. Uh, you've heard him on the Under Center podcast, uh, the Bears-centric uh, NBC Sports Chicago podcast. He's also the host of the That's Davis Show and The Flip and Friends, and also the founder of uh, co-founder of War Media. And so uh, it is a great honor for me to welcome on, him onto the guest. Kenneth, man, thank you so much for joining me and taking the time out of your day. Hey, Josh, man, I appreciate it. Um, I haven't made it to the heights that I want to. I'm happy you said that. <laughs> um, I, there's some, 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 a, a, a bunch more I want to get to, but I've definitely been blessed and fortunate to. Uh, take the lane that I've, I've, I've taken, made some of the connections that I've made that have benefited me, um, some of the mentors and, you know, just even some of the people like you, um, just fighting, uh, for what you, what you want to do as far as in your career, uh, particularly people of color, particularly as black folks, um, and here trying to make this lane because, you know, we, we look at it like there's only so many spots. Um, I remember having a discussion one day with a friend of mine and another friend of ours. And we were talking about getting on someplace. And one of the things that he said was like, well, you know, they already got two black guys up there. Right. <laughs> so it was like, you know, but I'll say this before we jump into it. I, one of the things that um I feel like, for instance, historically back in the days that with hip hop used to hurt Chicago was perhaps a crab in the barrel mentality. I don't think you really have that as much with these younger generations when you're talking about the Dirks, G Herbos, Polo G's, and you know what I'm saying, where it's like, I got to pull you down for me to get to where I need to get or whatever. But when it comes to the sports media landscape, and I really, I'll, I'll extend this in further in just the media landscape, I haven't experienced that whatsoever here in Chicago. It's been one of the best blessings that my older bros, you know what I'm saying, just to name a few when you're talking about, you know, Lawrence Holmes, you're talking about um, uh, a Jay Hood, you're talking about a Jason Goff giving me time, you know, like these gentlemen, just as to name a few, Devontae Stone, which I'm sure you know from, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, IMS, you, I know you weren't there where Ernie Scandal was there running everything, I don't believe, but no. just a bunch of, um, and this, I'm not limited just to just black folks, but I wanted to start off with us. All right. <laughs> Let me begin with us. All right. <laughs> um, and it's, but there's been a lot of people that weren't black. You know what I'm saying? Miss Rosen gave me and Demaz a chance at the score. Uh, all the producers, Shane, Chris, you know, like all the guys, there's a lot of people 
that helped me get to where I'm at. Um, it's just, it definitely wasn't me, you know what I'm saying, that, that, that helped me get here. But let me stop before I give you a summary and lay on <laughs> you to drive your show and get my ass out of the way um, and just be the guest in. No, it's perfectly fine because you you nailed it, and I want to talk about that. Your rise up, like you said, you know, coming from uh, Illinois Media School, and, and I've seen you, I've listened to you guys, you and, and Demond's doing the overnights, uh, filling in for Grobber. I've I've, I've followed you. you guys doing the podcast. I've seen you go through the transition of having Demond step away. Uh, um, And I want to know how that was as well. How did that transition go for you? <laughs> because I know, you know, you guys had a really strong bond. You know what I'm saying? And you got to switch yeah. up the entire way that you do things when that kind of steps away. So I want to know about that, but also just, you know, the... You said you're not done, and I, I totally respect that part too, because that's something they drill into. You got to keep going; you're never done. Yeah, um, yeah. But just how does how has all of this really felt? You know, just going through that. Start off with the transition from the mines, and then tell me how it just felt to get to this point. All right, look, I may have not. I probably would have went to IMS, which was ICB, when Demaz and I attended. If Demaz wasn't about to go there, so whatever I do. There's always a part of the mods with me because it's funny. I was texting him today. Oh, like for real, let me side note. So I almost didn't make this show because I forgot I have four tickets to the WNBA All-Star game. Um, but then it hit me last week. Like, I wonder what those tickets are hitting for. And I made almost a $530 profit hey and now. told the mods because the mods was going. And I was like, you may want to come off those tickets. And he made himself a profit. So he sent me some tickets to something else that's about to, he was like, cause I was like, this is a new lip right here. We need to start doing this. So just the one lets you know, that's still my, my dude. All right. Like that's my brother forever, forever. Um, so anyway, so the summer of 2000, which we're still in the raptures of the pandemic. All right. Uh, we're in the raptures of the pandemic. Uh, my younger brother just passed in June. I think this is July. I appreciate it. I think this is July. And um, me and Demaz, this is the last time that we were about to host on the score. But because of the fact of the uh, pandemic, we actually got to do it from our home, right? Which was, it's not, listen, I love hosting on the score, <laughs> but it's nothing like doing five hours and then have to go and drive home or whatever and see the setup. It's like, man, you to do it and just walk upstairs it's and go bed. Was, it was, <laughs> it's a, yeah. <laughs> yes, it's a job. So it was a job. Five hours is, five hours is a bitch. People don't right, understand like, how much talking that is. <laughs> oh my goodness. Five hours? Right. Oh my. Oh my. Oh my. Oh my. Right. So anyway, we were, it was me, Demaz and Shane Reardon, who was then one of the higher ups, like really right under Mitch. But now Shane, of course, is the uh, producer, one of the producers, along with Chris Tannehill for Parkins and Spiegel now. Right. So, so that's what he went back to doing what he was doing before he decided to get into management. So anyway, Shane is trying to hook us up so we can do the score remotely from home. And uh, it's kind of even like how me and you are looking at each other right now. So this is how we are. And I look at Demise and I'm like, man, what's up? You seem haggard. And he was like, I'll tell you after we, we do the show. And I said, I oh, damn, no. you're about to break it. <laughs> oh, no. That's what I said in my head, right? I said, oh, damn, it's a wrap, right? Like, ain't nobody ever going to tell you when it's like, mind you, this is like, this is like a day or so before we're about to do it. That they can't tell me something before we do something. Like, why are you holding that back, right? <laughs> tell me so now. Like, it's like, all right, whatever. Cause but we had to get through it. We had to get mm-hmm. through it or whatever. So yeah, we went ahead. We did the last show, which was great. Um, and then, uh, that next morning, it was a, it was a, was it Memorial Day or Labor? It was Labor Day, I believe. It was Labor Day. And the, uh, next morning, a Saturday, 
um, I called, he called me, I believe. I think he called me. And because we were like, we're going to talk or whatever. He called me. And I mean, of course, I'm ready for it. And he tells me that he wants to go spend more time with his family. And he, I mean, I still sacrifice time. Luckily, though, I'll say this. Things change to where we could do so much remotely mm-hmm. that it doesn't affect my time away from my family like it did four years ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? To where I'm out on Wednesday nights, I may not be home. Saturday mornings, I may be gone. You know what I'm saying? For hours on end. So it, my son, if he's doing any sport, I may not be able to make it. Barricades you know in your office so, working something. Right. So he, he wanted to finally, and I always appreciate his family, his, his wife, Chanel, and his, his daughter, Gracie, for loaning him to me as long as they, to us, the collective, as long as they did. But, and he, like, it's wonderful to see him spend that time with his family. So I, I can't be upset if one of my closest friends ever wants to go spend time with his family. It wasn't an issue where it was between us, which I had to ask, like, man, did I do this or whatever? <laughs> right. It was, it was natural. Like, no, naturally, you know, you'd have yeah, to ask. Right. Yeah. Was, what, what did, I mean, what, because if I did, maybe it's something I need to learn so I don't do it to someone else. So, um, so, so then he, DeMar stepped away and, um, it was just Ryan and myself, um, trying to kind of figure it out. And as you said, like, DeMar's and I had wonderful chemistry. You know what I'm saying? Like, we were friends before doing the show. We show. basically used to do the show in a way from our break room at work where we would debate like that. Um, or I am a messenger at work. You know what I'm saying? So we always kind of had that before we even started going to school. And when we went to school, it like, for, it would take our class so long to settle. <laughs> right. And as a mind you, we were in the middle demise and I, as far as age range. So you had some people who were just out of high school and maybe in their early twenties. And then you had some people that at that time were in their forties and Demaz and I was like in the middle. We were in our early thirties around that time, right? I'm a few years older than D. So we were in our early thirties or whatever. Um, I believe around that time. So now my son was like two. Demaz had his daughter was born while we were going to IMS or whatever that year. That's tough. <laughs> yeah. And it's <laughs> nice tough. school too. Nice yeah. school and uh, it's uh, and your internship and, your- and my internship became another job. It be- actually became another job, right? <sighs> That's tough. So yeah, you're putting no, you're burning the midnight oil crazy. Mm. All right. You're getting three to four hours of sleep. And when we On went, we had night. to go for twelve. <laughs> yeah. We had to go for twelve months. Right? Yeah, we had to do twelve months. So I would have to get out. We would leave there at school at maybe ten thirty if we're lucky, right? Come home. I had to get up for work to send something out at like three or four o'clock. In the morning, right? That was part of my job at the time. Um, then I would, we would get up, go, I would go into the office of my job, sit there for hours and wait till it's time to go to class, go to class. Or I had an internship, which I may have to come in on the weekend. So it was, you know, it was a lot to do, but if you wanted to do something, that's what you had to do. So anyway, Demar says he wants to step away. Um, he steps away. Um, a month later, we waited, it took us a month that August, he stepped away. And I was out here in the streets lonely. <laughs> you know, I, I hadn't, Demaz would, I would open the show, but Demaz would reset the show a lot. Like that was one of his, his, his strengths was centering me back. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If I kind of got away, one of the things he would help do was to reel me back in when I got away. So now I have to kind of be more cognizant of it myself 
you know what I'm saying, to, to necessarily do that. And just the vibe, you know, I had this friend who where we knew where we were going to go before we were going to go there, depending on what the topic was, because we knew how we were or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like we both could be the straight man and one of us could be the funny guy. You know what I'm saying? Like we could we could flip that back and forth. It was very it was very good, a very good uh, relationship. You know what I'm saying? Like our, our chemistry, our, our chemistry was exemplary. You know what I'm saying? It was exemplary, to say the least. Um, so then I'm sitting there, luckily enough, I'm on doing, uh, Sean sitting in on Mondays and Fridays on, uh, sports, on Sean and Maya's show on Chicago Sports Zone. Um, so that kind of kept me interviewing. Shout out to Sean Sierra. Um, that kept me at least because Sean would get good interviews. It kept my interview chops straight. You know what I'm saying? So, and one of the things which was good and bad, I wouldn't even know who I was interviewing until that morning. <laughs> right. So it wasn't prep. no. Yeah, no post night prep on this. This was wake up. It's about 30 minutes, maybe prior to we're about to go on, maybe an hour. I'm waiting to see who we're going to get. Then I have to start formulating, okay, these questions, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever, just off of that, which again, it was good. Um, it was good. It was good. So, um, then of course, um, beginning of last year, you know, um, uh, due to the fact that the, what happened with the pandemic layoffs, up at NBC Sports, you had terrific guys like Cam Ellis and JJ Stankovich. I, don't, I still haven't interviewed uh, Cam. Hopefully, I will one day. I interviewed JJ several times. I, I love JJ. Stankovich, he's a great dude, right? and he's been on a couple of times too. He's an awesome guy, man. Yes, awesome, awesome, awesome guy. I saw that you he followed you, um, and I was like, yeah, that's why I knew the vibes. Were right. <laughs> oh, you got JJ. The vibes must be right. Um, so Tony uh, had mentioned to me um, one of our. Everybody in Chicago does sports knows Tony Gill. That's right. Uh, the Tony voice. Gill began as, yeah, Tony Gill began as the Mazanai's intern. All right. So that we was, we, so the vibe was, this was kind of what he enjoyed. And I mean, like he, so he came to school, like this is week one and a half when he came and sat on our show and decided he was going to be an intern, right? He just got there and was like, Oh yeah, I'm going to come here <laughs> on Saturday and I'm going to do this. Right. And mind you, and we had, it was Demaz, uh, uh, Demaz's cousin, Kyle, uh, who works up, uh, writes for NBC Sports, uh, Kyle Means, Sydney Brown. The, Sydney and Kyle definitely helped propel the show. And Kyle starting to want to do some other stuff. And all along, I had kind of been like, Tony should be the producer because by then Tony started working at the score and he was doing, he was producing. So if we got a cat that's producing at the score, he definitely needs to just take over the entire range <laughs> of the show. You know what I'm saying? So Tony, um, luckily because he was at the score, Tony would sneak us in. So we start. So what happened was this. We, um, we started, we started to flip. I admit Kyle and I came up with the flip because it was like, we need to do something edgy that's not sports related mm-hmm. to where we can talk about other stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we talked about it at work because at this point, Kyle ended up working where Demosinus was working and he was working in, in my group. So we went down to school on like Tuesday nights. And we started, we started to flip crazy part. Like our second and third episode, we're recording. It's me, Demas, Jason. I don't know if anybody else in there. Tony's texting in and this is election night. And we're like, uh, and this is the beginning of the flip. We're like, oh yeah, you know, Hillary's going to win or whatever. Tony texts in like, nah, it, it looks like Trump's going to win. We're like, what? It's <laughs> <Right? laughs> so one of those things to still, to still harken. So anyway, we, Ended up at times because of Tony being able to get a studio at the score to record, which 
it had more microphones because the, the flip would have like four or five of us mm-hmm. sitting in on it, right? And we would have to pass the mic. Well, I, usually I may have a mic since I'm kind of driving it. And then I, I, sometimes I will pass mine, but they would have to pass the mic. So we started doing it then at the store. And what happened was the school decided to take away our Saturday show. So we was like, damn, right? Right? Because I know we was, we was like bringing in some students or something. Like it was like, all right, I guess, right? So they took away our Saturday show and told us, look, y'all can go out to Lombard and still record. So I told Tony, I said, you know, I'll use the old parable, you know, when one door closes, another one opens. That's right. And I said, yo, we need to talk to Mitch. So Tony got us a chance to talk with Mitch Rosen, who runs just not the score, several radio stations, right? And Mitch gave us a shot. And Mitch should know we had been up there playing in the studio. Shout out to <laughs> Mitch for, you know, for the time. I mean, somebody, man, like you said, that five hours was an MF. And those wasn't, we just didn't sit in for Robert, sit in for Julie. Right, we said it right. like we would do the holidays. You know, we would, we would do a lot. Um, so it was a great experience. Um, the listeners. Like the, the, we, man, the, the little negativity that we got, there was so much positive emotions just with us sitting in and we're sitting in for Les Grobstein, who is, you know, just a foundation. You know what I'm saying? Like people, less is something that people want less. Now, if you listen to less, you want your less, you know what I'm saying? And less listeners were very kind to demise and myself, you know what I'm saying? They were, they were extremely kind. Um, to demise myself. And we were, you know, you have people all around the world. I remember after one of the shows, Jay Hood had hit me and he was like, you know, basically you're broadcasting throughout the world and the country. Right. And I'm like, I mean, you would see their names and where they're from. I'm like, yeah, you are, you're right or whatever. So, um, then again, getting back to it, um, Tony had hooked it up to where I got a chance. I got a trial period. At NBC Sports Chicago to be the host of the Under Center podcast through Michael Allardyce. Shout out to Mike. Shout out to Dice, man. One of the best bosses anybody could have. Um, and Dice liked me enough to where he hired me. And I've been there now as far as a full, as far as working there. I've been, so I've been over a year. I started in March of last year, but I've been getting paid <laughs> about a year now. Something like getting close. If it's not a year now, it's getting close to a year about now or whatever. Um, and you know, I've been on there with Alex Shapiro and Eric Strobel. Eric got a promotion. Shout out to Strobes. And now we have Josh Rock. Also, Adam Hope was sitting with us. Shout out to Hope. Um, and Hope went to CHGO mm-hmm. and they brought in Josh Rock and Josh has vibed right in. You know what I'm saying? And we're actually doing shows in studio with Tony and Claire Flippily running, um, the cameras and every all doing all the real work. You know what I'm saying? Like, I crack a mic. You know what I'm saying? I can just talk my thoughts and pontificate. These people actually have to make sure everything works and is broadcast out and everything is buttoned down properly. So shout out to Tony and Claire. And that's basically where I'm at right now. You know, and hopefully this isn't, you know, hopefully I won. I don't want to leave um the UC, but I definitely want more opportunities and maybe just not in this arena. Like, I mean, I want this to, one provide um a lifelong experience or just it has to be lifelong but a different experience for me um it was something my dad told me I should do and I was like man what up and I should if I just listened to my dad man I would be so much further now <laughs> how often do than we say I am. those things oh my god right you know what I'm saying <laughs> like if I would have just like he was like you should be talking sports 
either calling games, which you, you should be doing that. And I basically was like, I'm, I don't want to talk about the topic. I want to be the topic with letting my ego run rampant and not listening to him about something that I had an ability or gift in his eyes to use. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I always knew to listen, I, I to listen to him. That was just one time I was, cause at this time I was old enough to know he was right majority of the time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, was, I had to be like 20. Maybe I was 19 or 20. I had to be like 20. By the time I was 20, I knew my dad was right. Was like, right you know, like, <laughs> right. Cause you spend so much time trying to prove him wrong and you may win like twice. Man, right. But that, it's like, <laughs> right. It's like, and you may get those two times, but regardless, here's the, like my dad trying to teach me like, there's no such thing as a good deal. And to have to grow up, just realize like he's spitting facts. Just understand that, you know what I'm saying? The value is either they're, they're, they, they raised it higher than what it was and now they're making it look lower or it really isn't even on sale the way that you believe it's on sale. Not to say that you may not luck up on something, but still his point was what it was with this. Don't be out here thinking someone's hooking you up because chances are it's not truly a hookup. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's how I ended up here to answer your question, Josh. That's exactly why I asked the question. No, I look at that. You see that answer, folks? That's terrific, man. That's a beautiful story about a friendship and then a wonderful tale of, of, of perseverance in one's journey. That's, that's exactly why I wanted to know about that. Um, let's talk shop and, and, and the bears specifically. Um, listen to the recent episode of the Uncensored podcast. You guys got into it. The arrest of David Moore. And I don't even want to specifically ask about his arrest as much as uh-huh. is this a sign of concern after discipline was an issue under the last regime? Is it a bad thing that we're seeing these problems crop up already? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, look, this is just life right now. Like NFL, look, I hate to say this and we can say the sports in general, but to a certain degree, and I think it's due to the sport. The NFL is full of quote unquote knuckleheads. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's football is different. And I know I'm using this as an excuse, but it's very different to, and I didn't play it on the highest level, but to attack someone and no, and be attacked. And then, and again, I'm saying it's hard, but then stay in your civilized mind, but not necessarily be kind of on alert mode or slash attack mode none of these people that are carrying guns that don't have that don't have licenses for them should be carrying guns regardless uh i believe what david moore is 28 27 28 like it's too that's too old for oh he didn't know right and all you know shucks moment. Like, right right yeah it's, it's too you too you too you grown girl you get around 27 now let's stop playing games he's on his second team now as, you gotta you've been in the right. league Right. So you, you, you should know, you should know where, you know where your gun is licensed. You don't have a, 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 a American license where you can go state to state. <laughs> so you know your gun isn't licensed. Now you're, you're risking it because you, of course, don't think you're going to get arrested, even though, like initially, because I, like, I don't find out about these, the details. The guys tell me the details about them because these are things that were like necessarily, uh, uh, wet my whistle. You know what I'm saying? Bros get locked up and they'll be like, Oh, Great. Yeah, I'm another like, like, just like for instance, I know you know this. Like I scroll through things on Instagram where it's something happening to one of us and I cannot just watch it 
sometimes right then because I can't I, I can't be triggered at this moment. I'm not trying right? to I have to wait. That's what it's there for, and I'm not going. Right. <laughs> and right. I can't I can't do that every day because every day you could be triggered like that almost, right? Not every day, every other day. You clearly could be triggered by something happening to one of us that's unjust. Again, now I'm not saying what those gentlemen were doing was 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 they were was unjust to them. I'm not that's not at all what I'm saying. I'm just saying the police blotter stuff usually, depending on what it is, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't, like, if it's assault, I want to know, like, because that's something I take, like, what the hell are you doing, dude? What type of man are you? You know what I'm saying? Like, those are the type of things where it's like, what the hell? But if I hear, like, and I hate to say this, like, gun crazy country, that someone has a gun, unless they use it to commit a, a, a crime, it doesn't grab me like that now. Because, I mean, look, we grew up in Chicago. Um, for, um, until a decade ago, you couldn't legally have a handgun in Chicago. I knew plenty of people, black and white, who were breaking the laws and had handguns, regardless. And they were like, I, I got to defend my family, blah, blah, blah. I'm not taking anything away from them. But so I can't say now, I can't gym up fake ire when I don't have it. You know what I'm saying? And I'm still, but look, for, what was it, uh, Sam Adams? It was Sam Adams, the one that had the high capacity clip and the car was stolen. Now, for me, I need to know what was up with that car, because if this truly if they're riding around knowingly in a stolen car with a high capacity clip, that sound like y'all sliding on somebody. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying? You're about Plan to spend the block. some other intentions. Right, right. Right. Now that you need to get your ass up out of here. You know, like if you're grown and in, if you're in the league and you're out here on some, some rudimentary thug ish. You need to, that needs to be gone. But if you are doing donuts, if you are, listen, yeah, and I'll say this, thing was depending on. That was, the, the people you, got mad about donuts. I was like, really? My neighbors just last right. week were out here doing donuts and nobody blinked an eye. Like, <laughs> Right, right. I mean, again, and again, it was a kid in the car, everything like that. But the point still is what, what gets me angry. Now, I'll say this. If you are in Taco Bell's parking lot <laughs> with three pistols out, High as a kite with more edibles and weed in the car. You may need to, cause you, you dumb. You dumb, like you dumb, dumb, right? For real. Like you, you that high? You know what I'm saying? Like did you pass out? You know how, do you know how high you have to be? To, I, I would love to know if he had left the house. I look, I, I look, look, Josh, to be honest, he would have to have been out already. For me to kind of be like, it's not as dumb as it is, because I'm like, oh, he's coming from someone else's house at the side to get Taco Bell. But <laughs> if he left the house that high, yeah. I mean, regardless, either way, he probably should get cut. Don't get it twisted, uh, right? Because that's that, that out of all of them, because again, I don't know. They didn't tell me about the car. I, right, you let me know about the car, and I'll let you know on that. But this one, three pit, like, why does you have three pit? Like, what are you, what video game are you living in at this moment, right? <laughs> that you have three. Three pistols. Look, I'm not trying to take this away from nobody, but at some point, like for instance, and my my, I have wonderful co-hosts on Under Center. By no means that I feel like they're coming at it from some perspective of the, you know these black dudes are stupid or anything like that. I, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm here. I'm 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 at, I'm here with us. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm just being not to say that. Of course, you have people that aren't black watching it, but it's a conversation where right. it's like, all right, let's. Let's talk about it. Talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't want to come up like slightly. I hate to say it. I'm going to be slightly defensive for these bros. 
You know what I'm saying? It, just because well, it's not the reckless thing that you're talking about that would actually get you upset. I understand that completely. Right. Right. So uh, again, so uh, I'm looking for ways. One, I'm, I'm even with Josh Donaldson. I've told people I don't think he should lose his job. You know what I'm saying? Like that. Like, so um, like that's uh, someone's someone's livelihood. You have to be, it has to be extremely egregious for me to be like, take your, his livelihood away. Now, saying if the Bears cut him, that doesn't mean, or any of them, they couldn't go and get a job somewhere else. Um, it was a joke on our text thread and it made me, and it wasn't anything about my, my, my man's posted it, but it was about, uh, Dwayne Brown getting caught with a pistol. And somebody to the effort was like, well, the Bears going to sign him now. And it's like, <laughs> they might. Because <laughs> they might. <laughs> it was like, God damn. Like, what, Ryan Pauls? What is up? Is it, is, is it pistols are us? Like, first of all, before I sign you, I have to Do know. you have a pistol? And is it Are you strapped? <laughs> right, right. But you, you're not licensed in Illinois. We don't want, like, what? I, but again, to get to your initial question. Um... I, don't, I would think that they wouldn't know that these guys are this dumb at this point in their career. Mm-hmm. And I also, I can't solely take it away from Eva Fuss and Poles because you're trying to build a culture and you deem these guys as cultural changers or mm-hmm. cultural, uh, um, st- stability guys that can help further permeate your culture to the rest of the players. And you've made bad choices. And I, I can say this too. This is the choices you make when you try to do everything on the cheap. Boom. You know, when you're trying to get everybody off the scrapyard because you want one-year deals, because you want to, one, reassess the players you brought in, but one, go out there and with the, get the players you kind of want to get long-term deals, one, throughout the draft of free agency next year and the year after that. So this is what you reap when it's a rebuild. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's we, – we, we, we keep – it's the bottom of a rebuild, and they've made some bad decisions on some guys. Nobody has shot anybody, though. You know what I'm saying? As far as I know, no one has right. shot anyone. Um, these are just, these are just them being straight up idiots. Um, and I, listen, I'll say this. I'll be the first person if, um, this transpires onto the field to where they're having lapses in judgment. Um, I don't know how Matt Ibafus will be as a head coach, but I'm under the assumption that it's going to be closer to what Lovey was as far as the ship was going to be run tighter. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just like so. The mental mistakes, one, is simplify what you're doing, particularly on defense, what we're talking about. But also, it's just do the accountability seems like it should be back over there, which it wasn't under Matt Nagy, as far as what I could see as someone viewing it from the outside looking in. I, I totally agree. Um, like you said, when you try to do things on the cheap, this is what you kind of have to deal with because you're not, you're not getting top level guys. And I mean, not to say that, that people who get paid more are more responsible than people who don't, but there's a reason that those guys have been trusted with those types of, of resources in, in the first place. It's, it's not always just production on the field. A lot of it does have to do with character and, and um, how they handle themselves. You you touched on it in the, in the fact that, you know, they are all the scrap people. What is your outlook on the Bears season coming up? Because we're hearing conflicting reports. They're saying that they're all behind Justin Fields, but we're seeing that they're not putting a lot of, of resources behind or around him, rather. And we're also hearing reports that they might not be completely sold on them. Where is your kind of a barometer on the whole situation with Justin Fields? I think they're sold on Justin Fields, me personally. I think Justin Fields was one of the reasons that they wanted this job. I'm not to say that you don't want a job in general, uh, but Ryan Poles was a hot name. Mm-hmm. You know, he was on his way to Minnesota. He probably wouldn't have left Minnesota. 
You know what I'm saying? So I don't think we, I don't think when we, when it can't, when it comes to the front office and the head coach, we scrape the bottom of the barrel. You know, I think Matt Eberfuss would have gotten a job. If not this year, he would have gotten a job next year, particularly what seemed like that defense wasn't going to go bad, you know what I'm saying? In, in Indy, you know, um, but I, in saying that, I think they looked at uh, uh, the pedigree of Justin with one year from uh, Ohio State as a plus for them to come in and like, oh, yeah, okay, we already got a quarterback, but he's not their quarterback as far as if he doesn't work out, they're out. So in a way, this it's a win-win for them if Justin doesn't grow into the player that he will be because no one's going to be like, oh, even if you didn't give him receivers this first year, three, two, two and a half years from now, no one's going to be like, well, it's your fault un- unless you never gave him receivers. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, and it, I think we we're all on the assumption that by this time next year, because by this time next year, we would have been free agency would have opened up and the draft would have already happened that we, that a, another nice receiver or two should be in the building. You know what I'm saying? But one, I think they're trying to make sure they get draft equity back. Like you, you, it like, let's be, let's be honest. Do you really want to come in here and win 10 wins? Right. Because one, let's just say you kept the team the way it was like you kept Khalil Mack. Right. So one, you didn't get a second round pick, which ended up helping you get, you know, Gordon or Brisker, whichever one uh, that that fell to that pick fell to. I believe it was the Brisker. It was the Brisker uh, pick because it was the second pick, I believe, was the one they got in the trade. Correct. it helped you. So also let's look at the secondary. We look at, we looked at the secondary really being worse than def, probably the receiving room and not as bad as perhaps the, the O line. Yeah. But we like, we were looking at the secondary like, okay, you got, you got Josh Johnson and uh, Jalen Johnson and we, nobody counting on uh, uh, Eddie Jackson, mm-hmm. you know, and now if you, you got a guy on the other side and Gordon. And a guy that can be your eight man in the box at Brisker. And now you're covering up for Jackson. And if he gets him to play good, you got a sweet secondary. If that nickel guy is, is can handle it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like that, you just, now that's a strength. If that nickel guy clicks and Eddie, I mean, cause I'm assuming the rookies are going to be decent. Sometimes that will, everyone gets burnt. Sometimes they're going to get burnt because craftier guys are going to be ahead of them and craftier offensive play calls are going to be ahead of them until they get to see those, those play calls and understand perhaps what they need to do and what needs to be their keys moving forward after it happens and the coaches kind of coach them up or whatever. But getting back to it, you, you don't want to jump ahead and think this after this year, Oh, we're contending when your foundation was faulty. Because all we're going to end up doing, this is my opinion, is paying for a faulty foundation three years down the line to where we're like, yeah, you know what? We spent this money on an offensive lineman. We went and got this receiver. Now we don't have draft picks. You know what I'm saying? So now we're in a situation where we got to basically spend money to try to fill out these roster holes around Justin and what's going to end up happening. Then we got to pay Justin. Right. 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 So now what you're doing in a situation is you're getting more free talent. One, as far as guys on their rookie deals, it's not free, but you get what I mean. As far as these are guys that are hitting free agency and you're paying for what they did in the past, hoping that they can continue to do it in the future. You're setting it up to where you're getting college kids, you're getting more equity. So now you can build and save money and use the money 
to go out and get just the few times you missed on a draft pick or a player got hurt compared to you consistently missed on draft picks. And now you're trying to keep catching up by making trades to fill those holes, i.e. a Kevin White, i.e. A, 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 a Lloyd, you know what I'm saying? We're bringing in Khalil, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you had to keep trying to fill in holes that, you know what I'm saying? You didn't necessarily have to fill in, but Ryan Pace made bad draft decisions. So I think they're high on Justin. Um, but in saying that, I'm not saying it like, man, they, they, all they're going to do is Justin or bust. I'm not saying that, but I think Justin at least has two seasons, if not a little more to prove that this is his team. Um, I don't think that, that Ryan Pace or Matt Eberfuss looked at having Justin Fields as, uh, as, as something negative whatsoever or hindrance as far as taking the team. I think they definitely looked at it as a, well, I mean, this is Justin Fields. This right. isn't. Um, and I'm not trying to take a slap at anybody. This isn't Malik Willis. Right. You know what I'm saying? This There's isn't, so many this isn't even... questions about competition and all of those right. things. Right. Exactly. Look, this isn't, and it was a guy that Ryan and I, my executive producer of that Davis show wanted because we didn't think the Bears would have the opportunity. This isn't even Trey Lance. You know, like this dude, and I'm an SEC guy, right? Mm. But that's the big 10. Let's not play. Hold on. That's we we got to call it. He started off in the SEC. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know. Something hate, uh, <laughs> you know, cause I never listen. Shout out to Fromm, but you knew from that arm, it was like, yo, yo, Kirby, if you want to win, you know, you're going to have to get like a dude, dude, right? If you want to do it, do it. Not, not to say Georgia may win once a decade, but I meant if you wanted another hey, bite at the apple right he, away. If Justin Fields stays at Georgia, Bears might not have him at 11. He might not have been there at 11 for the Bears to trade up again. So it, it worked out. It all worked out. You're right. You totally. Look, we could go into so, dog. We could go into so many what ifs. I was doing a uh, Chicago Clubhouse Sports this past week, and um, uh, JB brought up uh, Deshaun Watson. I was like, you know, we missed the bullet with that, right? Like we we like that's a that's a bullet. Regardless of what happened, and they messed up. Dog, we missed the we dodged one with that. Took three years that, to realize. That, four years to realize it, but <laughs> right? Because dude, it would have tore the fan base to Sutter. We would it, it would be the camp of guys that are like I don't rock with because I would have been in that camp and the people was like man Shorty too good man you can't believe those women like it would have told it would have been tense though we've been I couldn't even enjoy like I, to my Steelers fans I tell them all the time and I'm like dude I don't want to root for I wouldn't want to be in a situation where I'm rooting for Roethlisberger yeah you know what I'm saying I'm not I don't and you know and they own it they shout like, out to I Cleveland I, 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 yeah <laughs> they, they own it like I hear what you're saying they don't make they don't deny. What we've heard, what's what that Ben Roethlisberger happened down in uh, Athens or whatever, I believe, eight, nine years ago, and that's just one occurrence. Um, I don't like, dude, I don't like that. I don't want to, and I know the guys that I root for have things about them that I don't know about. I'm not an idiot. I'm not a kid at all. But this stuff I would know. And regardless of if he hasn't been arrested, it seems likely. And I don't rock with shit like that. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to curse on your show. No, no, no. When when it comes to something like that, look, I just told you, I'm here in my my personal opinion to cape and protect bros. But then one, I mean, I'm doing a disservice to women and sisters, but just women in general. I can't, I can't cover for what looks like you got some sick kink and you're forcing it. You're sexually forcing it on these ladies. Like I can't be like, yeah, but you know, he can. He can win a he game all by himself. All, like, though. <laughs> right, dog, dude. He did it all by his Jordan. Like, I can't. I can't. Me personally, I can't. So 
I feel like I'm going to, like, if we go do revisionist history, like you were just saying with the Georgia thing, it's the same way we're right there. And I'm happy. It's, it's funny. I'll, I'll, I'll get off of it real quick. I used to want, um, I wanted Tyrus Thomas in the draft, right? I did. You were I one did. of those people? I, <laughs> you, I was one of those. You were my brother. I was one of those guys. <laughs> I was me and your brother. was one of those guys, right? So for them to trade LaMarcus Aldridge, and the thing is this, though. If Marcus Aldridge is playing on the Bulls, you don't have that 1% chance to get Derek. I know. You don't, because they're going to be better. If you know if Marcus Aldridge is in the East Coast, they're going to be better than that. So you don't end up – so in all fairness, you should be happy for us, Tyrus Thomas, guys, because we helped our, <laughs> our energy help this happen. But that's kind of the way – you know what I'm saying? And I'm, I look at that as far as when we were doing the revisionist thing. But yeah, I, to give her all the way back to it, I don't believe that. Um, have they helped him enough? No. I mean, I, now let me not cape for that where they've done enough, but I understand one, what receivers are out there that are going to want to come here that you're not going to have to overpay because you're not winning. Right. I mean, like you got to look guys are still on the street. And some of it is because their injury history and where they're at in their careers right now. But if you're trying to, one, find out what you have in your room, find out who Justin is, all right? I don't think the receiver room right now is as, as bad as it felt two months ago. No. You know what I'm saying? Also, I always was a person that believed, and I'm not saying it's like I'm, um, um, I'm Sodramas, um, I'm not Sodr- whatever, you know what I'm to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, um, I always thought uh, uh, Byron Pringle was gonna end here, uh, end up here, right? And I'm, I'm a, also I'm a I'm a I'm a baby goat, so I'm a huge Pat Mahomes fan. Mm-hmm. So I saw a lot of Byron Pringle, and I'm not saying I think Byron Pringle is a world beater, but I, when they hired, hired Ryan Poles and he was a free agent, I was like, okay, I can see him. He's gonna be in the quarter, and he's gonna be in the receiver room. Um, so we'll see. I'm not saying again they're world beaters, but I know that. Regardless of how I felt the ceiling on Darnell Mooney is, Darnell Mooney works harder than the ceiling that I placed upon him. Sure. So I was wrong. I don't know. I don't know where he'll end up, but I know he's going to bust his butt to get there. Um, so we'll see, but I'm not saying that, that they've given Justin, uh, everything, giving him the right amount of receivers and the amount of talent, you know what I'm saying? Experience in his receivers room. I'm, I understand that, but. I feel as if the receivers may be straight this year, but we have to see. And that's exactly right. We don't know because a lot of them are, are unproven guys. So as much as we want to downplay what they've done, we just don't know enough about them yet to say. Um, you right. get, you provided the perfect transition. I want to say that the LaMarcus Aldridge, Aldridge, Tyrus Thomas draft, that was my first year really paying attention to college basketball. And I was all year on the, on the LaMarcus Aldridge and Texas train. That was my guy the entire year. So. When yeah. it came time to the draft, I was telling my brother, I'm like, dude, no, we got to get that. LaMarcus, is, that's it. That's the move. And when they traded Thomas or traded for Thomas, he spent the rest of the day explaining to me why it was a good idea. And I just looked at him with the blankest stare. Now, about the Derrick Rose thing, I like to believe that the NBA draft is rigged enough that we'd have still gotten him. So that, that probably wouldn't have been hey, I, you, <laughs> hey, okay, Patrick Ewan with the frozen okay. type. You, okay. Yeah. I'm with, I'm with you. Sometimes, yeah. All right. You, it's just you on your side. Right. Sometimes it's just on your side. You, yep. You could definitely, like, like, how does Cleveland keep doing, like, how many Come years? Come on now. Was it three of them? Right. Come on now. Come on now. 
come on now. (laughs) But that provides a really good transition point in talking about the Bulls and the awesome that they have had. Um, I know we just, you know, did a lot. You you were a Bears guy, but you're a Chicago sports fan, as we talked about. So the Bulls made tremendous strides last year, first playoff appearance in five years, got bounced in the first round. You can say that, you know, a lot of why they ended up where they did was because of injuries. How do you feel about the offensive approach that they've taken, a more conservative approach than they've had the past, in, uh, than last year? How do you feel about where they stand now? I feel as if, one, I think they're playing around with thinking they're going to be healthy. I, mm. I, I used the 49ers last year. On my uh, preview, NFL preview shows, we kind of go around each conference or whatever and divisions. And when we got to the NFC West, my thing with the 49ers was I, I was kind of like, I think they could win it, but I feel like they're going to be hurt again, mm-hmm. right? Because people always say after you have a, a, a year where you're stung, your whole team is stung by injuries, the whole next year will be straight. And it's like, you can't guarantee that that's not systemic. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you, that may be who your trainers, your equipment, the turf or whatever you're on. Like, and I mean, I'm just naming a couple of things. Like you can't necessarily say, well, we'll be healthy next year. And I, I use that for the Bulls because I think a lot of what Arturis Karnasovas and Mark Eversley are looking at is, well, look at where this team was until January, which that's cool. But let's also start looking at the fact that and the injuries hurt the Bulls dramatically. I was, I was huge in the preseason that Lonzo was the glue that was making his joint move. All right. Because one, he made everyone want to pass more because it's contagious when you see someone that unselfish. Mm-hmm. But also defensively, what him and Alex Caruso were doing to cover up the defensive inadequacies of the rest of the players. You know what I'm saying? Like it just, it, it, it Lonzo helped spur the, the pace and also the pace, particularly when you have someone like DeMar who's going to slow things down to be efficient and do what he's going to do. You know what I'm saying? You, all those outlet passes and quick passes up the court that Lonzo provided, let alone his shooting. Um, it's just, they, they miss that gravely. Same with Caruso being gone as long. I mean, Caruso just came back when, um, Shiesty Shiesty from Duke Grace, Grayson Allen had hurt him again. Like he had shot, he had been back. Like Caruso had been back in like what three four, games? Four games, like, something like that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, long. when Grayson Allen, he had just come back. It was like, da- like damn, son, he just got back. <laughs> somebody got to find Grayson. <laughs> somebody got to right. find Grayson. Somebody will sign him to a contract. But um, <laughs> you need those guys. Hey, you got the Bulls have don't one. have. Hey, you do. You need a guy that you either need a guy that's gonna st- steal on somebody or get stole on. You know what I'm saying? Like for real. Well, well need, like, they you, had a guy that got stole on essentially in Tony Bradley when Stephen Adams picked him up and walked him off the court. So uh, you don't, you don't really, don't. <laughs> you don't want those the, guys. The, the, Tony, that was listen, embarrassing for me, and I'm Bradley. not even him. <laughs> totally. To, shout out to Tony Bradley for getting for taking that option, uh, picking up his option. But golly, y'all got Tony Bradley on y'all. Like you knew early last year was like, oh. So, full disclosure, I was a Tony Bradley guy when he arrived because I was like, man, he's got the potential to be something, the, the, the backup that, that the Bulls needed. He's got the size. He's got some de- – no, I was wrong. I was wrong. Yeah, and look, I can get – no, no, look. Because well, he came from OKC, right? You uh From Utah, I believe. Well, Utah, Utah okay. might have been OKC. It might have been OKC. You might be right about that. Okay, look, I could see seeing him a limited amount of times and think, oh, as I back up, he could be good. It was in the preseason where watching him, he was like, oh, snap, shoddy. What? He didn't even jump. He, he could have got that board 
Oh, he could, and it was like, ah, yeah, this this ain't gonna be it right here, right? And it's like, damn, now you, because you took that, you took that gap, but when you took that position and you didn't do anything with it. Um, again, back to it, I, the, the fact that I think they lean on health too much, but also one thing happened last year too in the second half, later in the second half of the season, those real teams start showing you, oh, it's that time of the year, and the Bulls haven't even gotten to that level yet. Like so now it's. It, we have to wait and hope they're healthy this year to see how that entire team reacts to when Milwaukee, um, the, the, the Celtics, the Heat, and the Sixers put on their playoff capes. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a different beast. And the Bulls, I don't, I think even if the Bulls had their, their full accoutrement of players, it still would have jumped out to them like, Oh, snap. It's real out here. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's, that's with Chris Middleton being hurt. You know what I'm saying? Because Giannis, Giannis to me is the best player in the NBA. All right. Just period. If you got to give me one guy, and I'm not saying he's the most skilled, but I'm not saying he's not skilled. They're like, that's, that's disrespectful. Cause when I grew up, seven footers, they were power forwards, yeah. weren't brick, weren't, weren't, you could, you know, for instance, Charles Barkley, and he wasn't a seven footer, he was six four, but as a power forward, he could take the ball coast to coast. He wasn't Euro stepping through that bad boy. And you didn't know, like, how am I going to stop? Oh, stop! <laughs> like, you dug that. That's the, I mean, dog, he wasn't doing it with three steps from yeah. baseline to baseline. You that, know what I'm saying? Like, that's crazy to do that. That's cool. Dog, you, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Once this dude can shoot, oh my, right? Oh, oh my, oh my, right? So I'm saying even with Giannis by himself, it would have been hard for them to beat Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, dog, all, you give Giannis... Uh, a half of Drew Holiday and a hyped up Bobby Portis. <laughs> he ready to get to the second and or third Bobby round. And Bobby relishes his opportunity to stick it to the Bulls whenever he can. He, he, he should. He, he should. Yes. He found the perfect place. And Bobby admitted to. Bobby said, you know, sometimes you make a mistake and you go for money thinking you should be getting this and you're in the perfect situation. Talking about the Bulls. Because I think all of us, as a Bulls fan, I didn't want Bobby to go. No. But Bobby had to know he was a bench player. Yeah. Like yeah. that was the problem. With it. But I'm, and I'm saying a bench player that should get like, no, high level, was like high level 80. bench guy. Yeah. Yeah. How, like, how, you're going to start sometimes, right? Like you, you are the six man, but it's even different from that because you're big and we're going to need you to start not even sometimes just out of injury, just because of the fit of what we're going up against. But at that point, he didn't know that. So you got to like, I think the Bulls was offering maybe around 80 or something like I that, think, which would have been, I think the deal he just signed is less than the one that they offered him. That's what I was getting to. <laughs> He still didn't sign, he still didn't sign to make up the amount of money from that, but he found his place. And now look, he's going to be able to make most of that money back in Milwaukee off the court. And like, cause now he's, they love him. You know what I'm saying? It's like, he's their dude now. You know what I'm saying? To where it's like, Bob, like he's their guy or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But it's, I still don't believe, and I have to see it and I hope so because this team was so good. And I thought they were going to be good for preseason. I really thought like, Yo, this, this team is, forget fighting to get out of the tournament. They made, they should be around in the fourth or third seed. I started to believe early just from how it looked. But in that, and I'm biased. Of course, I'm a Bulls fan. When you start seeing those live bullets close to playoff time and playoff time, I have to see if they're going to raise the level and they still don't have someone who intimidates. And I'm, this isn't, Hockey from back in the days. This isn't even basketball when you, you had to have you with Charles Oakley to protect Patrick Warner or Michael Jordan. This isn't, but you need somebody that some, they know like, yo, when he grabbed you, chill out. Cause going back to the Grayson Allen situation, 
I remember two nights later, three nights later, the Bulls, I believe they're in Indianapolis. I don't think they're here. And there's a tussle. And uh, DeMar DeRozan goes to, like, grab DeMontis Sabonis to, like, and not grab him, like, get the hell out of here, but grab him, like, yo, chill. And DeMontis Sabonis flung DeMar DeRozan's hand off of him so disrespectfully. I said, man, yeah, this goes Bulls. back to the great analysis. Somebody needs to get stolen on. Cause now people are like, man, we nobody worried about the y'all. to do anything, right? Right. No, but we're not worried about y'all or anything. Like they and like they need, and it doesn't have to be fisticuffs, right? It's presence. Part, it's all presence. Part of the reason, yeah. Part of the reason I would have been cool with them getting uh, John Collins is because, and I'm not saying John Collins would have been a perfect fit here. Um, he's not necessarily where you'd be like, well, he's a rim protector. Even though he's gonna get some blocks. But he's a hold your head MFA. Yeah. Like he's a dude that yeah. was like, oh my, oh goodness, right? The energy, just looking at how him yakking on Joel Embiid, one of the most skilled centers, but best centers of all time in Joel Embiid when healthy, right? To see how that slender young power forward was bringing that action to Joel's head. Put him on a t-shirt. Get, and the, right. And then would <laughs> be like, dude, oh, you disrespecting him, disrespecting back. We, we need some of that energy on this team. Cause sometimes you can't always be quiet when you get pushed. You know, it's cool if DeMar is like that. You know what I'm saying? And there's some people that need to see DeMar lead in that way because it may benefit them to, but you, to do that, but you still need a guy that's like, yeah, no, get that. Not him. You know what I'm saying? Yes, because sometimes when y'all are like, man, what do we do? When that guy does that, you're like, oh yeah, that's what we do. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's, we, 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 we live like that. We on that type of time. Mm-hmm. No, I, I totally agree with you on that. And it's funny you mentioned the Hawks because that's a team I cover the Hawks as well. And I watch them do what the Bulls are doing now and banking on better health and a better situation. And when the Bulls got put together, my thought was healthy. They would have settled as a mm-hmm. six seed. I was surprised to see them rise as far as, as high as they did. So knowing where I had them beforehand, knowing that Billy Donovan talked about their deficiencies throughout the season, even when they were healthy. And then seeing what the rest of the East has done, I'm with you. Like they're putting a lot, a lot of eggs in the the health basket, and I'm not sure it's, it's the wisest choice because not only are they counting on being healthy, but they're counting on internal improvement, which is never a guarantee. So I, I, I'm totally with you on that, man. You spot talk that on. talk, Josh. And look, look, before we go, the whole look, dude. Do you think I don't want Patrick Williams to be phenomenal? Man, of course. People, people but swear you just hate. The clock, the <laughs> clock is getting to. We're, we're, you know, we're, we're getting back to something that we just went through with a young gentleman that played here that now plays in Cleveland. You know what I'm saying? And the first, uh, first year, man, you, the Finnish Lord, cause that's what I used to call him. All right. <laughs> I used to call Laurie the Finnish Lord, right? I, the, the, you couldn't have, I, you couldn't have Laurie for the first. If you came to me like, I trade you so and so for Laurie, I'd be like, get your ass out of here. Not Laurie Markman. <laughs> Did you see him DFKD and block the ball in the Steph's face? Are you Laurie marketing? Like, right, you couldn't take Laurie marketing from me, right? <laughs> By the second year, I was kind of like, yeah, we may need to get up off that. That that stock, it, it, you know, some people still think that stock's a good stock. We may need to move it. And now you're in a situation, you may end up with the same thing where P. Will may never have the fire that you're saying that he needs on both sides of the court, definitely offensively. But if you guys are like, and you you hit on it when you said internal improvement, if you guys are saying the rim protection is going to come from him <laughs> that you need and the individual 
you know, on ball protection from large wing players. That's a lot. Like, yeah, that's a whole lot to say that he's going to mature and that, that. Listen, you better be right. You better hit. Cause I'm, if I, if we go back and look, and I know there's rumors that some of these trades that he could have been included in, and not talking about Rudy Gobert, cause you would have had to give up all your future draft picks for that situation. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, that's I'm, just, I was pushing for that lot. trade, but I'm glad they didn't do that. That's, that was a lot. Yeah. Yeah, see, I, me, my, my, I'm with you. I was interested, but I knew that in the long run, they were going to put themselves in a box that they weren't going to be able to grow out of as far as move further into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Cause he made, he would have got them into another round easy or even, I, I don't want to know if he would have gotten to the conference finals, but as soon been as they would have went, yeah, but as soon as they would have went small, you know what I'm saying? Or had whatever, who was ever playing center just drift out there to the corner of three point line, just draw his ass the hell out of the post. So if he's defensively, if he's not in the hole, what the hell is he going to be doing in this MF? You know what right. I'm saying? Let alone. So what happened when we start, we pull him out here on pick and roll. No, we get, we on his ass. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> yeah. it's just, it's like, it's, again, a wonderful defensive player, wonderful defensive player, not, not trying to take anything away from him. But looking at all the holes the Bulls had, like, think about this too. And I'd say that they will stay like this. The reason the Bulls, when our tears kind of service and Mark Epsley took over, that Billy Donovan came out and was like, yeah, we're going to have Wendell Carter Jr. shooting at three. We're going to sometimes run the offense through Wendell Carter Jr. When I say this, run the offense, some people take it when I'm saying like, okay, yeah, run in the post, you know, throw the ball to you, and then we're going to initiate. No, no, no. They wanted him on the elbows out, you know what I'm saying, with with him deciding who's going to get the ball when guys are diving and doing whatever, you know, like pin downs or whatever. Like they want him to be the op- mentally the operator of the offense when we're saying this, not run it through traditionally in the old sense of the word. They did all of that to find out if Wendell Carter Jr. can do the things that they thought that their offense needed, similar to what Joker does in Denver, where, of course, a tears comes from, right? And that's where they went out and got Vucevic because they wanted a guy that they could pull out to the elbows and initiate an offense. Had a guy's running like that's so when you're so now you're putting Rudy Gobert in that role. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Role. Like he can't do that. so now off- offensively outside of the fact that he's not uh, as dynamic offensively as Vooch. You know what I'm saying? Like he's not going to pull somebody out. You know what I'm saying? A center out because he can shoot from the three point line or whatever, right? Or even with think about this: if if you have Rudy Gobert on the elbows initiating offense. Who's ever defending him is sinking. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sinking. Cause dude, I'm sinking off of you. Cause take the shot. You know what I'm saying? So I'll now I'm clogging too, up right. the lane. <laughs> yeah. I'm another help defender back here. If you, one of your guys gets to the rim. So it's just like, that's where it's like, yes, Rudy Gobert takes them to another level, but I don't see that level meaning championship window. And that's the problem with me with just making it Rudy Gobert, especially now you have no draft picks and. I get that they don't care, but part of the reason you guys, particularly um, uh, our two's kind of services here, you're here because we liked what you did in the draft, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's Denver wasn't bringing in hella um um uh, 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 um free agent players. Like what was the biggest free agent player that came to Denver during that time? Andre Iguodala? Yeah, I think in the Aaron you know Gordon. I don't even, even know that was the same regime, right? I don't even know if that was the same regime. No, he left. He got. No, you may be right. I think you're right. It was a trade. I think that's no, no. I agent. think Aaron Gordon was a trade. Andre Iguodala might have been free. Agent. I'm just saying they're they're most no, recent the, guy. The thing, reason why I think it, uh, Iguodala was traded was because 
he was a free agent and then decided to go to Golden State because he was talking about some of the stuff George Carl was saying. I don't know if he signed there. I feel like he it was the end of his deal. It's probably that he, he got traded. I feel like that. But regardless, what the point that I'm making is we wanted to see you pull off some of those gems and those decisions that you made in the draft. And I get leveraging some of these these assets, but it's like some of the stuff, dog, we need young talent. Dog, what the hell are we going to do with Cleveland and Detroit in three years and no, those right. kids grow up right? That's why you got to hope that Patrick is the guy and that Dale and Terry is another one that, you, that you've hit on right. back-to-back picks because it's, it's, it's definitely – like I said, man, I've, I've seen it. I've seen teams bank on this and it doesn't, it, it generally doesn't go the way that they expect it to. And that's, that's no! my biggest fear. <laughs> right. I told, look, look, the thing to your point, if you don't really have a superstar, very rarely does it, do you win building straight through the lottery? Cause you end up having to trade, if, even let's just say you hit on a superstar in the lottery, you end up having to trade some of those other assets to help build around a superstar. Look at the process of Philadelphia, how many guys they drafted. How many guys did they decide to build around when it was time? It was Joel and Ben Simmons out of all the guys they're drafted. You know what I'm saying? But you can also look at, for instance, when you have teams like the Clippers, where, again, if they were healthy, that they could be contending for a championship. But we're talking about banking on help, where you you could try either way organically or through trades and free agents being able to build power teams it doesn't guarantee you a trip to the finals. That's right. Like, that's just the truth. Unless you have a, a squad that can basically almost win and then you add a freak of nature like KD, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're then, or a, or a good squad and you add LeBron. But outside of that, you it's, it's hard to be guaranteed the finals in this NBA because there's a lot of good teams in this NBA. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was times in the past. Now, it was like LeBron used to waltz to the finals. <laughs> All right, like let's be honest. Yeah, it was man. like, do, hey, that that the, the whole freeway is open for you, LeBron. No, tra- it's like the autobahn with no cars on it, basically, for the for the East for LeBron to get to the finals. Like that's how bad the East was. You know what I'm saying? To where now there's T dog. You got Memphis jumping on your neck. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, telling you about you, it. Right, exactly. Right, like you. It's not dog. No, you you could go down to Charlotte. And Lamelo may put it on you, and what you're not talking about in the playoffs, but I'm just saying like these, there are teams now to where where you thought you would just run through them. It's not necessarily as easy on either side, let alone the East, which has been the worst conference until last year for like 15, 20 years. You could always you could go all the way back to the last repeat of the Bulls, basically how down the East is semi, you know, what I'm saying where it started tickering down. You know what I'm saying? To where the, the West became the the super conference or whatever. No, you spot on, man. He is Kenneth Davis. Find him on Twitter at that's Davis. Uh, check out all of his work, all of his terrific work. Under Center Podcast, uh, that's Davis Show, uh, the Flip, um, and and we are Regal Radio. Everything. This dude is everywhere, and uh, as you can hear, he's got the golden pipes as well. So, uh, Kenneth, man, thank you so much again for taking time out of your day to join me on this Sunday. Thank you. Uh, don't let this be the last time. I, I definitely look when I started doing interviews on my show. We'll definitely have to add you back. I haven't done interviews in a minute. Um, I've neglected my show. I have to get better. No, I have. I have to. Because one, getting back to where you were saying, I know we were exiting about um, with, with D leaving. I had to really get used to doing it by myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I had to really, because when it's easy, um, that, that part's easy for the most part. But I had to get used to doing a show alone to particularly if I want other people to come in but yeah I appreciate it Josh 
I look forward to your success. Uh, may only good things happen to you and be safe out there, man. Thank you. I wish nothing but the same for you as well. That's going to do it for this episode of Triple Zeros. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Josh G. Buck. Hit up the Facebook page, Clocker Sports website, ClockerSports.com. Email address is ClockerSports at gmail.com. And of course, follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at Three Zeros Pod. That's the number three zeros in pod. And read the stuff. Last word on pro football, soaring down south, uh, heavy on bulls, and pivoting easy. Until the very next time. <laughs> What video game are you living in at this moment?